Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 79. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast are two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. This is going to be uh, an interesting podcast. This, uh, yeah, the... Uh, we, we don't quite know what to say. Yeah, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I've had such a range of emotions since uh, last night that I've gone from angry to... Confused. Re- confused, reflective, to anal- analytical. Back to angry. <laughs> so, look, uh, I've been trying to get a, a, a surefire theme uh, and, I guess, an emotion, but uh, I'm a little bit all over the place. Uh, uh, I've got s- certain things I want to say and um, and I'm obviously very concerned about what the hell happened last night. We could tee off... We could just we could go nuts. I felt like going nuts at about two minutes past the last quarter last night. I felt like teeing off on players who just look like witches' hats. I felt like teeing off on the club. I felt like teeing off on everything. But I woke up this morning and I don't feel like teeing off on the boys is what is required here. So I think we're, we're going to give you our honest opinions in this uh, podcast, I think. Yeah. Scotty's got a really important thing that um, he's had a bit of a think on. And if you know Scotty and I, we <laughs> going off our head and being really pissed off doesn't happen very often. What it generally equates to with Scotty is the I'm super depressed in the dark room, <laughs> really, really low voice into the podcast kind of rant that we all love. But he, he thought about doing it and then he didn't. But in this one, I reckon we just need to be a bit a bit honest here because, good Lord, man, 103 is just such an anomaly worth of bad performance. I, yeah. I don't know what to say. No, when you, when you kick a goal 21 seconds into the game... And I did the fatal mistake of tweeting, oh, we look up and about. Uh, well, Literally you, 90 seconds into the game. And I generally thought we did. The message I sent through to you, the very first message were, well, good, at least we look up and about. And uh, I've never seen a tweet. I think I made the joke that uh, I've, this, this tweet's aged worse than the hypercolor T-shirts. Um, uh, <laughs> it, it was just... I've never seen a side... Um, Oh, look, I'm never going to accuse, accuse the side of just giving up, but the resilience that we were showing off so much three, four weeks ago, and each show we're getting excited about the character coming through the group and and sure, the, and the have, efforts and the no we, yeah. no give ups and where the hell has that been the last two or three weeks? Yeah, uh, especially I mean the poor game and this game. How do you? I just don't know how you can have a, a period of 10 or 11 weeks where the opposition is averaging around 68, 69 points and you're going, gee, defensively, we're the top two, and then have a three-week span while, you know, all you have to do is win one or two games to play in the finals, which you don't do as a club, how you then have the opposition average 120 since then for three it's weeks straight. just insane. And you're, you're, you're only averaging 68 points offensively. It's... I don't know how you get to a 50-point margin of being a worst defensively team. And and look, can I be blunt? These aren't big teams. No, they, they're not. No, no. They're really not. No. no. Like, Gold Coast, uh, Frio, 
Port. Oh, sorry, Port and um, and the Bulldogs. They're not. They're not Geelong. They're not Collingwood. No, they're not Richmond. They're uh, no. Uh, so we said last week about the guys just were not running two ways and just had no effort running back, and, and Port spread just was. They could do whatever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Boy, did that go up a level against the Bulldogs? I, I don't. I don't know how a team kicks twenty-one game to goals straight. I, I literally <laughs> don't know. It's such an anomaly, man. Like mm. I, we were sitting on the couch before this um, this podcast, and we said to each other, "You know what, man? We both looked at each other before the game, and I, I said doggies by twenty. You said doggies uh, doggies by eight, and I went, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I either thought, one of those two things happen. I thought injuries were going to." get us in the end but not 103 no that's, and, and that's we, not injuries if we had a loss by that margin you would have gone yeah that sucks but geez we've got 12 players out or something silly like that right um but to go from one extreme of showing incredible grit and showing never give up attitude and winning games in the last minute and, and coming back from points down to utterly giving up and like if we had have got run over the top of by the dogs because they're more talented and they're fresher and whatever, then fine. But a hundred and three points and twenty one goals in a row is sack the board, get rid of their head coach, drop players kind of loss. Like that's that's when Melbourne were really, really, really bad kind of losses. Yeah. So it's just so confusing to me that the the players that we have out on that field, sure we're missing everybody we're missing mountains of footballers but i don't understand how it gets they score two in a row they score three in a row oh better look out they're, they're in trouble here and they score four in a row and oh geez four in a row that's not good yeah and, and then and look and sometimes you move a couple of guys back just to, that's what i'm just, saying just, just to stop the momentum that's what i was just about to say is that when it got to eight in a row did anybody think about just packing the back line so that it didn't become nine in a row like, I, I, when it got to 17 in a row, <laughs> like, did anybody think, well, bugger this, we'll just move 18 blokes into the back line? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, I, I don't know, so I'm starting to get angry again, but I'm, it's because I'm so confused. I'm an analytical dude, and Scott and I both do work that's analytical, and you try and figure out how something like this could happen, and where the where the break points were, where were the points where we where it, it failed, the game plan failed, I can't see them. No. I can't see that the doggies midfield were always going to dominate us and that the their forwards were in guns and Shacky kicked 28 goals and all this stuff. I didn't see any of that happening. All I saw was effort, a lack of effort. And, well, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, I, I think... It, I am generally, and I think Essendon fans um, are probably thinking similar to me. Is is the the roller coaster of confusion with this side? It's like you have the start of the year where you basically turn up of the year totally unprofessional, and I'm never going to be sorry for saying that. We did. Then you you kind of go, okay, we played some okay games, and then lost some games. And then we had a bit of a lose three or four in a row and we are in dire straits. And we, we go, oh, you know, everything's hit the fan. Wush is going to go. And then suddenly we win six to the next seven or seven on the next eight, whatever it was. 
not overly convincing, I will say that. Not, not at all. Nearly every game we've come back from, yeah. from behind, but it showed such spirit. And I I don't get how it leaves a club that quickly and uh-huh. that dramatically. Yeah, no. And where we're back to round one and round two. And I, um, my main concern is just the emotional maturity of our club like it's like how you can be that up and down and and uh, look thank goodness we found out about carousella coming over now because one key thing that obviously you can point to straight away is how we move the ball we move the ball have moved the ball poorly poorly all year Uh, i think in the first six rounds or eight rounds we played North and Brisbane and one by ten goals and I think that was those the two games that stick out to me and go, you know what, we played actually pretty good footy. Every other game, I think we've not used the ball well. Especially but, into forward. But 50. either one on grit yeah. or individual talent. Yep. If it's a stringer or a waller. Yep. Uh, or we've lost back or we've lost fairly convincingly or uh, and it, it kind of leads to is where our emphasis has been for on field, and uh, I, I must admit, I I kind of went back and just thought, I I actually just want to see uh, the strategic view of Essendon, and I want to talk about that after the break, and and just to have a bit of a commentary around that, and and, and see where we go. All right, we'll come back after the break. Scotty's going to run us something which I think is very interesting. All right, see you after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, you wanted to run us through something that you've done a bit of research on, which, when you ran me through it before the start of the podcast, was, on face value, very telling. Yeah, it's... Look, I, I probably tweeted this on, on uh, out as well, but you, you've, you've got to understand, and this is probably my corporate mind thinking, I'm, you know, and... Uh, uh, just having a look at what our strategic sort of plans were back in 2017-16. Tripping it back. Yeah, and saying what was our kind of our four or five year plan uh, as a club when we're probably a year or two out out of the saga. So yep. the saga's ended, we've played another year after that. Okay, let's now look as a club where we want to go. We've made forward steps on picking up new lists. We've done, we've got... A list yeah. that is supposedly great, and and how does this fit in with the strategic, the Essendon Football Club strategic plan? Yeah, and so I'm just having a look at um, the strategic plan that was done. I think it was late 2016 for the 2017 to 2021 period. So we're kind of like, you know, 2020 season to next year. So we're we're well probably halfway, maybe just after halfway. Yeah. And look, it just intrigued me that you know. You know, their, their vision was to make people proud by being the most inclusive, successful and respected club on and off the field. Uh, I kind of get that. Um, they want to thrive to be a professional sporting club in all key on and off on and off field measures. And I was like, oh, this is good so far. Now, how are you going to break that down on field? I want to see a bit more onto that. And it kind of surprised me as when you read page by page 
that was it that was mentioned about on-field or coaching or what de- was it again? or development. What was it again? Uh, so really just, it's only really mentioned in the objective by 2021 and it's just a simple statement saying, to be a thriving professional sporting club delivering top four performance in all key on and off field measures. Now, but then when they want to go into more detail, uh, I'm going to read you through, and sorry if this is, takes time, I'll, yeah. I'll read you through their strategic themes. Then this is So this is their main focus for the four-year period. Deliver best practice member and supporter experience. Identify and strengthen key commercial relationships. Deliver genuine community outcomes, participation and engagement. Develop and embed unique EFC football philosophy. Responsible financial management and maximize investments. Drive purposeful innovation. Establish clear and enduring brand positioning. Strengthen industry relationships. Create high-performance people culture. Now, just just if we just stopped there for a moment, I wonder if the listeners could pick what's missing from that list. Well, it's clearly there's not one mention of player development, on-field expectation. On-field? The- yeah. <coughs> Uh, even even just coaching criteria, excellence in coaching or... To finish top two in the next three years. To win a flag might be nice. I mean, Richmond clearly has a strong idea to win two flags in the next five years. That's it. That, that's what they had three years ago. They've won one. Yeah. And they're and fair chance to do it this year. And this is that's the thing that I looked at this and went, oh my Lord, there is no reference to winning a flag. There's no reference to much... I mean, that, that's nine strategic themes that they've laid out. Not one relates to on field. And that, that's there. And that, it does give me concern. And, and I, I've got some good relationships with some people. So, And I don't mean to put them out, but it does give me a concern that how much are we an on field uh, focused. focused club? Uh, I mean, it doesn't even mention the whole. The, the development of esports and all that kind of uh-huh. stuff as well, which they went into. It's just, yeah, it's just, I, I must admit, it's always been a concern Well, but, how much we're... But now look at it, right? That started in 2017 to 2021, right? It started in 2017. In that, Since that period of time, hmm. what have we done as a club? What, what would you say are the achievements that we've made as a club? Yeah. Record membership? We've... Look, they're, they're actually hitting a lot of their strategic And this is thing. my point, right? If this was a Fortune 500 company on Collins Street, yeah. right, they, we would be perfect, right? And as yeah. much as we've said this before, when, when Xavier whipped out the checkbook and got Dylan Shield, and he whipped out the checkbook and got, um, um, uh, uh, what's his face from um, GWS? Um, uh, Anywho, um, when, uh, sorry, I can't remember his name. D- Smith, um, Bill, uh, Devin Smith, yeah. Um, when Xavier went out and at the end of the season pulled out the checkbook and went nuts, right? Yeah. Got us the players, right? He got us the triple S and then he got us the other S and he got us all these guys. That's great. And what it seems like is that strategic themes have allowed him to do that. He's got the membership because he's strived to be the best practice member and supporter experience. Add on a nine. And this is the interesting part. So have a... Understand what I'm saying here. Number four is probably the only thing that's linked to on field. It says develop, and it's what we've failed at most. And develop and embed unique EFC football philosophy. Dan Richardson, Rutten, Carousella, 
we're hiring Richmond guys to be Richmond. Develop and embed unique EFC football philosophy. That tells me their thinking in 2017 was to have a unique plan on-field presence that was specific to Essendon, to Essendon that would be leading the competition where people would be envying us. They wanted Essendon to be the Richmond of the last three or four years, right? Yeah. For the next three or four years, they wanted Essendon to be the head of the pack so that everybody in three or four years goes after our assisted coaches because yeah. we did it like we are doing exactly to Richmond. So I, this is the thing is that what have we done well as a club? We've got more membership. We've paid off pretty much the entirety of um, the Tunnel to, Marine yeah, Centre. Yeah, yeah. We've paid that off. Um, we've got new major sponsors. We've done all of these incredible... We've started up an eSports team off-field off, um, off and we're, we're doing well there. Everything we've done has been off-field to run a business. Mm. Now, Xavier and the, and the board are to be credited for that. That's only 50% of what you need to do at the club, man. But yeah, what pulls the trigger at a... At a, at a Essendon members' heart, like performance. What are they all talking about today? They're not going. Thank God about the eighty-four thousand. But at least we'll be okay because we've got eighty-four thousand members. We'll be okay till at, next at year. The soul of every club is what happens on field. The wins and a flag and to like I said, number four. Where have we gone out to embed a un? And the word unique is the such important part of that line. Incredible. Uh, because it, it's it, it basically is the opposite of copying and and I don't want us to I, I tweeted out last night I don't want us to copy Richmond yep. I, I love Carousella coming over trust me I yep. love Rutten coming over because he's talented but I want them to analyse our list what are our strengths who have we got on the park that we can develop a plan around that caters for them yep because we don't have Rewalt, we don't have Dustin Martin, we don't, we don't need. That's a plan for them. Yep. So, I I want to challenge the club that we actually do go after a unique football philosophy, and challenge the coach, challenge the coaches. This is this is what I think personally is such a key to our success. Is what are we going to come up with as a system, not? copying not yeah club. i was gonna say because <laughs> richmond didn't copy hawthorne right so hawthorne were, were great for years and years and years richmond didn't just come in and pinch all of the, the hawthorne assistant coaches and become a clone they're of not hawthorne. a possession football they're actually a very different kind That's of exactly it yeah. but they determined through the use of truck rutten and, and hardwick and all those guys their own game plan yeah. and it was successful that's what you're hired to do as a coach now we have 12 out of our starting starting 18 players or something like that missing from the club. That's the, the, the only caveat we put on this sort of stuff, right? Mm. But it, I just think it is very, very telling that if you were to, and again, Scotty and I look at each other and go, those strategic themes are, are they're another word for KPIs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're key performance indicators. Have we delivered best practice membership and supporter experience? Absolutely, right? At 87,000 members. Identify and strength 84. Uh, strengthen our key commercial relationships, new major sponsors, all good stuff, right? Deliver genuine community outcomes, participation, engagement. Work up north, great. Work up north, purple bombers, all of that sort of stuff, brilliant. Develop and embed unique EFC <laughs> foot. We're coming back to that one. Uh, responsible financial management and maximize investments. Now, the Telemarine Center is an absolute investment. 
Like it's an investment in the club. We've almost paid that thing off, right? So it's state-of-the-art equipment, state-of-the-art facilities, and we've already paid that off. Driving purposeful innovation. Now, the eSports team is the the definition of innovation for the club. But again, it's off-field. Um, established clear and enduring brand position. We're getting better at it. We're getting absolutely Besides better at it. field, but we yeah. are though. We're, we've got Smith, Stringer, Shield. Tells you our brand is fine. Club of destination now. Yeah. That's where people want it. Strengthen the industry relationships. Now, that's pretty much well that, into that's the... That's a commercial. That's yeah. a commercial thing in the, in the, in the back yeah. books. And go for it, guys. Create high-performance people culture. Now, high-performance people culture... It's a very vague. Sentence. Again, it could be a high performance <laughs> receptionist. Marketing could be yeah, it could yeah. be a high performance cleaner, or it could be a high performance anything, right? But the one you're hundred percent right is develop and embed a unique EFC football philosophy. That's not. I would say we haven't passed that. We haven't. No, we haven't. But it's it's got to be out of there. It's it's one out of nine is not good enough. So, I I'd encourage everybody to have a look for themselves. The Essendon Football Club strategic plan for 2017 to 2021. Have a look at it and see whether or not you reckon we've hit those targets. And be a little bit subjective, be a little bit calm about it, and have a read through. You know one thing that doesn't appear on there? Anywhere on that document are the words, win a flag. No. It doesn't matter. It doesn't say win a flag. That you can be the best commercial club in the world. You can have brand sponsors and all yeah. sorts of great stuff. Do you think, but if you don't win do a you flag, think Telstra has in their strategic plan to be the number one communications telecommunications in Australia? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and this is the thing is, I yeah. So I think it's a really it's a really interesting point Scotty raised. And geez, one I'd love to talk to the club about. I really wouldn't you love to have somebody senior from the club and ask them that question. How do you reckon they're going against those strategic objectives? Yeah, and and you're right. A lot of them you could probably give a tick, but so much of a football club is the word football. Like, is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Like, and I would say that's fifty percent, close to sixty percent of your whole success. Because I I did say that Essendon cannot repeat last year. Now people say the injuries. I get that. But you are going to have a very pissed off fan base if we just teeter out the rest of the year and get thumped the next two games, yep. miss the finals, and win 11 games. We won 12 last year. So I don't think you can have a list again that actually loses one game less than last year and not make the finals again. I I would be concerned about the coach, and I'm being very honest. I, if the, in that situation, if we got bell to the next two weeks, I would be very concerned about. I, you would I, have to be, and, and I guess we were we were talking in the break about a question I was going to ask Scotty. The where do we see the not blame because I don't want to say blame, but how do we assess? <laughs> how do we assess this? Right? Is this a where does the majority of the issue lie at the moment? Is it with the players or is it with the coaches, right? Because ultimately the players are the people out there kicking the footy and they look like witches, witches hats, yeah. right? Like that, the, the coaches can't make you run. Yeah, They can tell you where to run, but they can't make you run, right? If they just stopped because we're not talking the greatest football side in recorded history in the dogs, mm. that they, they were, they're an average football side, right? They made us look like the Dimbula 13th, uh, under 14s, right? 
So, Scotty, where do you reckon is the majority of the blame at the moment with the players or ultimately where the buck stops and that's at the coaches? Look, uh, look I'm more on the coaching side, if, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, and, and, and I put that across the, across the board. So I, I put it, I think every coach has to be challenged at the end of the year. Yep. Uh, because we spoke to Grant Thomas, right? And so we even alluded a question to him about the philosophy of our coach and, and then the players having to, having to basically prepare and be motivated themselves. And, you know, what happens at quarter time? Shield is addressing the group at quarter time for, for half the group. And and um, I was watching the Sunday footy show and they're talking about Wusha just on the boundary line um, sitting there but with no headphones on. So no one's talking to him from the box. And I'm, and I'm going like, well, why aren't you... Now, obviously that, that footage can sometimes be misleading, could be just a, a, an unusual moment yeah. in time. But you always do get the feeling Wusha is very, very hands-off, uh, very distant. And, and that was a team that was just not prepared, didn't come out with any fire. Um, and that... I always, I always feel like Grant Thomas was very blunt in it. When those performances, you, the coach is responsible. He knows he was responsible for that, because that's that's where the bucks are. We always said, you know, players don't get the players won't get the sack at the end of the year. No, they won't from from losses. You, a coach has to be the coach. Unfortunately, it's and it's sometimes unfair too. But the coach is ultimately responsible now. The funny part is, is what happens if we actually beat Frio next week? Because that's <laughs> but, no, but it would be it would be normal. It, it would be this season for us. It mm. would be totally to plan. We would be even more confused. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, so I don't think it alleviates the confusion about where the clubs at. Who uh, are we as a team? Yeah, yeah. Are exactly. we gritty? Do we come back from behind? Do we never give up? Or do we give up one hundred and three friggin' points? And the almost coach, in a row. <laughs> almost in a row. And the coach just kind of sits there and does nothing. That game was cried out, in my opinion, for a, a strong head coach to walk into a huddle, grab dudes by the shirt, and scream in their face that this is unacceptable at three-quarter time. Yeah, he's not that type, though, is he? No, but and I understand that he's not that type, and he's, he's a bit... But sometimes you have stuff. to. Sometimes you've got to grab a bloke by the shirt and go... Hey, have a look at the jumper you're wearing. Unacceptable. 21 in a row. I hope he tore strips off them. But he wouldn't have, right? Because, and, and especially, I forget which coach it was that, I think it was one of the guys at Richmond the, before Hardwick or something. Um, Lepich. It was Lepich. Remember Lepich um, got hold of a bloke, uh, one of the players at Richmond, mm. and gave him a good old-fashioned back up against the wall, finger in the chest, yelling at yeah. told him how unacceptable it was and he wouldn't be accepting it moving forward and you're going to be playing in the twos until you can bloody well lift your game. Well, according to Robert, he was talking to Robert Walls and all these players, he said, you can't do that nowadays. The players' welfare, you've got to take worry about the players' welfare and you've got to be all above board and all bloody... A bit PC. A bit PC about it and yeah. stuff now. But that game, when we'd lost... When we had 11 goals kicked in a row, 12 goals kicked in a row, 13 goals kicked in a row, 14 goals kicked in a row, 
it screamed out... With zero pressure. With zero pressure for somebody to just throw in a circuit breaker and go, Oi! Enough! Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those games where you feel like two or three days later you're going to find out something. Like, there's... You know, and I relate it back to... Because um, we didn't know how bad it got. But, like, 2015, right? August 12th. How good's my memory? Um, <laughs> uh, we, go, we go into an Adelaide game. We haven't been playing that well. Um, little do we know that the players... Uh, extremely low like outside of footy the saga stuff mentally uh, we find out later but we don't even know that at the time yep. they lose by 112 points and there's basically two three guys crying off the field and they're not crying at the result they're broken guys and and um, and that's kind of how I felt after the game I was like I feel like... What's that, wrong? Like, like what, what is wrong? What was wrong? Like, what was... And if it was just a bad performance, I'd be really concerned. Bad performances mean you get beaten by 40 points. By, like, 30 points or, like, 10 goals or something like that. Like, you'd, you get hammered. A yeah. Hammering is 10 goals. 103 points is as bad as Melbourne was back in the day. Like, 103 yeah. points, there is something wrong that's a something yeah. wrong loss. That's, that's how I generally feel. And uh, there's nothing for me to back up. I've known nothing. So I could be... But I just I just wondered after the game went... That just that performance just felt like uh, there's something we don't know. Whether it's the whether the players have lost some of the coaches or there's something going on. Uh, it's all speculative. Sorry, I shouldn't say those things. But I, that, that was my heart. I was like, what is wrong? Like, what what's up? Because last week we were really insipid. Uh, and Port just weren't talent enough to win by 100 no, they, points. They were not. But they were still no. won by over 10 goals. Yeah. And the Bulldogs are a machine once you give them that much space. They're, oh, they're, they're one a thing, running they're, machine. They're extremely skillful. So what was wrong? Like, how do you lose by 167 points in two weeks? And the other thing I don't want is for Wusher, and he's not that kind of coach, you can tell. And he's he would have instructed his assistant coaches to not to not say anything either. He's not going to come out after a game and go, oh well, we had twelve of our eighteen out, and um, uh, Heps is running on one leg. Um, Fantasia's got OP, and yeah. Waller's um, got a migraine or something like what's going on. He's not that kind of player to throw a heap of excuses at the media. But I almost wish he would, <laughs> because <laughs> you've got two almost for his own sake, two absolute dead generic Essendon nut uh, supporters in me and you who've supported them for the majority of our 40-odd years on the planet and we're confused. We're totally confused and don't know what's going on at our football club. We want to be excited because of all of these players that we're getting to the club. We want to be excited at the start of the year and then we come out and play like poo and then we win a few and then we we lose a couple. Then we win a lot and we show this grit and then we lose real bad, How can and the, then we lose awful. How can the highs and lows be so far apart? I, and I understand, man. If we yeah. lose by 10 goals one game because everybody's been tired and we've been on the road a lot, and we have, I understand, but not 103 points. Yeah. So I guess when we come back from the break, we'll uh, we'll wrap things up. Like Scotty, I don't know if Scotty said at the beginning of the podcast, I don't know this is going to be a particularly long uh, podcast. We're not even going to do stats because... It wasn't, no point. No point. It's going to make us cry. And... <laughs> Um, and we've we've got to go to work tomorrow, so I have to I have to have something yeah. uh, good for the remainder of my Sunday afternoon. So we'll come back from the break and we'll wrap this thing up. 
And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, do you realise that we have sponsors? I sponsors do. that keep this whole podcast ticking along. Sponsor, yes. Well, in fact, we have a sponsor. <laughs> we have one sponsor. And that is Jason McGowan and the team down there at the Tullamarine Mantra Hotel. The Tullamarine Mantra Hotel is right next to the hangar. Yep. Um, it is uh, It is a great place to go down and, uh, and maybe check out um, the Woodlands Bar down there. They have the Woodlands, the world-famous Woodlands Burger. Um, Scotty and I have enjoyed one of those, and they are as tasty as Jason and the team say. If you want to get down there and maybe stay overnight, it's a great place to uh, to check in before you're going to head off overseas on a holiday or something. Yep. Um, if you've ever wanted to just open your window, look out, and see Essendon football players training on the ovals, <laughs> you can get down there and do that too. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we've got a promo code. Promo code for the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast listeners. If you want to book with um, the Tullamarine Mantra, just enter lunchtime catch up at your uh, when you're booking, and that'll give you a ten percent discount. That's right, ten percent discount on any room in the uh, the Mantra Tullamarine. Subject to availability, and yes, yeah, so you head down there. Jason will be able to, to uh, sort you out with a room. We've also we've also got some special deals that we're going to be giving away in, uh, pretty soon. Um, we've got a, a one-night accommodation in a deluxe studio room to the total value of $230. For we're free. Gonna, for free. We're going to be giving that to one of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast listeners. Um, we've also got two $100 dinner and drinks vouchers to the Woodlands Restaurant at the Mantra um, to be giving away as well. So a massive thank you to the guys down there at the uh, Mantra Tunnel Marine. Thank you very much, Jason. We really appreciate your support. And look, uh, just also from the sponsors, a bit of a shout out. This is a bit of a, uh, I wouldn't say com- competition, but a bit of a shout out to The Solution. At, the Solution. Uh, that we hear Wind Soccer podcast. Had a great catch up this week. Uh, we might we might see if we can um, if we can sort of do cross guest spots on each, each other's podcast. Yeah, this but, might um, be cool. That's kind of fun and it's good to see the Bogma family just being... Uh, fairly united and, and we got along like a house on fire so uh, absolutely I think I think <laughs> as much as we're up one minute we can be down really quickly Bomber fans so um, yeah that'll be interesting to see if we can have him on the show that'll be cool yeah so we'll get the solution on uh, that that would be awesome hey what do you can I ask you to a nice controversial subject for you oh this is a question without notice isn't it it is yeah what do you think of the photos and vision of the of the guy Going a little, little bit to town as the players walk off. Now, not, not, now, not okay. Honestly, I, I, I could stand corrected and feel free to comment. I didn't really see him booing or anything. I saw him tugging at his jumper, saying "Play with heart, play with heart." That's kind of the view I got. I saw a photo of him making the very opened O ring in his O-ring. mouth. <laughs> for a good long period of time. So unless he was saying, ooh, you look really good, um, that was probably going <laughs> to like have a, a B before it with a big boo. Yeah. It was interesting. Matty Lloyd said he was fine with it. That was that was kind uh, of surprised me a bit. Matty Lloyd's, I think Matty Lloyd's fine with it because he's a member he's of the playing. public. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's not playing. That's exactly right. Um, but it's also not illegal and you can boo anybody you like in the AFL. But... Um, look, that, I, I don't... Yeah. It's not a good look, man. I, I, I get that it's a raw emotion and... and and you know when you see the side just do that I, I kind of a uh, part of me understands his anger but I still this is just personal my belief I'm I'm not really going to there's no real judgment or anything like this but it's just not what I do but no. I, I've never felt like it actually accomplishes anything that's just me but it's just the players are and this is the thing if you 
They back, are, they back are in the gutted. Day. Like, whether we like it or not, yeah, they are they, gutted. They don't go out there to, to do that. Lose by eight points because they, they tried hard, but we didn't have enough cattle. Then, fine, the players you still don't deserve to be booed. But when you've just been pumped by 103 points... Yeah, and you get a supporter leaning over there, like booing them, like directly at them. I just don't think it's it's constructive for anybody. No. You can be as pissed off as you like, and just yell and scream and be unhappy, but don't, as the players going down the race, tee off on them because it's just not fair. It's not cool either. No, I must admit that's my personal thoughts. I'm not overly kind of like it was. It was really one guy, and in the end, I think there's another guy next to him, but. He may have had, look, in all honesty, uh, some special needs too. He was a, okay. Uh, so I'm not really going to go to town, but uh, it just was a. I didn't like how the media just kind of focused on that because you know the, we've got eighty four thousand members. We're talking about one guy, so yeah, it's like it, it's it's not like it's really it's not like it's a, a representation of anything. No. Uh, it, I mean, there's, surely there's one guy in that crowd that's really angry. I've yeah. no doubt there is. Oh, mate, we're, we're all angry at home. I was yelling at the television, <laughs> I can assure you. Uh, um, but then the total polar opposite of that is the utter professionalism and uh, and love for the jumper that we saw from Dyson Heppel and his message uh, look, to fans. I, I really rate that, that he gets into the changing rooms, gets straight onto a, a video camera and sends a message straight out to fans right after the game. Um, almost, you know, as almost in, in line with, with Wusha commenting. Uh, but he was pretty sincere in his thoughts and we can be cynical and everything like that, but that takes a lot of guts and that takes a lot of class uh, as captain. And like, he actually played not too bad and he's on one leg. Uh, so... I'm a big dice fan. I think that was that, that was a lot of class for me, and 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 my opinion of him just keeps growing and growing as a person of the and a representative representative of the footy club. Absolutely, yeah, but and and that that should be just a tiny little um, placation of the the fans' anger, and that's all it was. I don't think Dyson was in his message now expecting us to be um, forming uh, a guard of honor for the players as they come out of Tullamarine. Marine. That was just. Acknowledged, acknowledged fans. that that was totally not acknowledged not appropriate to, for the. Essence you deserve of to be pissed off. All of those things, but now Dyson, mate, and the rest of the football players, you have to answer that. Unfortunately, if it was an eight-point loss, mm. if it was a twenty-eight-point loss, you'd go, "That sucks. We didn't have the players. Damn." But now against Frio in Frio, you guys have to answer in a massive way. Now they've got to put in a. They've got to put in effort. And I think that's where I'm at at the moment. I go. I want to just see a little bit of pride, to be honest. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I want to see uh, just a, a much better competitive effort, effort because yeah. I I don't overly rate Fremantle. So you know, the, from what I hear, Sard's a very good chance of possibly coming back. Parish will come back. I expect actually a better performance, and I strangely enough. <laughs> I expect that list to to be able to compete quite well with Fremantle. Yeah, I agree. Now, when then obviously uh, the fo- football is mental as well, and that's where I don't know how we're going to come out after that after last night. So we've got a, some big challenge, and I think just mental is the biggest challenge to overcome this week. And and hopefully, if I'm Wisher, I probably have a bit of a, a lighter feel at the club because you can't actually go in sulking and you got you. You're actually seventh on the ladder. Yeah, that's true. But the, but again, again, do you look at it and go, don't don't 
risk seventh, yeah. boys. Go in there with a with a with a nasty attitude and say, yeah. uh-uh, no way. That is yeah. not how seventh plays. It is not how yeah. a club in the plane now slap, 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 lift. Yeah. Or do you go in and say, boys, an anomaly. I know it was an anomaly. You know it was an anomaly. 103, put it behind us. Let's go into next week's game. Yeah, I think you got to... I feel like there's a middle approach to that. I think you actually have to show the videotape to them and say, hey, guys, this is a kind of how we played last week as well. So there's something wrong. You've done Port and you've done the Bulldogs. Clearly there's something wrong. It needs to be addressed. But you can answer that. Football, football is just seven days away. You can actually make a statement and correct that. And if you do, you actually can play finals. Yep. Uh, it's funny, I've been torn for the last 24 hours whether I actually want Essendon to make the finals. I think my fear is is that we've got such a bad history of making finals and getting smashed the first week. We've done I, it I, a lot. I just can't bear to... To I have don't that want again, us, I don't because want I have to be cannon fodder to go in there and just yeah, just get to, smashed by fifty. No points. one, no club uh, with any self-respect wants to make up the numbers. No, nah. they want to put in uh, a big performance on a on a final and on a big stage and be competitive. You may lose it, but you want to. Let's, let's you go to be, round two. Like, wouldn't it be yeah. nice? Oh, as be, opposed to, but but we will see what we see next week against Frio. It's really clear. That's that's one of the. If we take a positive away from this at at all. The, the players don't need to watch... Well, they're going to, but they don't need to watch this footage again, right? They know what they did wrong, and they know what they have to do to beat Frio. Yeah. They know what they've got to do now. you just right? got to carry it out. That's, you've just got to carry it out. So it comes down to that wonderful human um, nature of, can you do it or can't you do it? Yeah. It's just that simple. They either do it or they don't do it. And then we'll see how we go after that, because we still do have... Collingwood, after that, if we can somehow yeah. beat those guys. So, massive game again next week. Uh, we will be there watching it. Not probably in Frio, but we will be watching it, um, of course. Um, uh, can I just quickly mention, uh, one, a big shout-out to our Patreons. Yes. Uh, Patreon page is actually going really, really well. So, uh, we're so excited. Uh, what we'll do get... Patreons get, Scotty? What do they get? Yeah. They get a whole heap of extra content, basically. Basically, yep. Uh Saying that, I wanted to just give a shout out to the Patreons and say, sorry to say this for everyone who lives in Melbourne, I'll be in Noosa for the next uh, six days. What? So, uh, we unfortunately, the all the equipment's at my house, so yeah. Grant actually can't do much about that, um, <laughs> unless he raids my house. Um, but I might see what I can do just for the Patreon members, just to record a message for those guys. Just to see if you can record something. Yeah, just a, just yeah. a quick thought. I don't know for whether or not we can... It will be as utterly professional in the Lunchtime Catch-Up like, Podcast studio. We can possibly record a phone thing and, and then upload it, but I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we'll do. We'll see what we'll but, but yeah, yeah thanks very much to the Patreons. Just, uh, I just want to sh- give everyone a bit of a heads up so they go, where's Scott? So I'll be... I'm with my wife, so I'm going to be quite a bit away from Twitter and, and just enjoying mm-hmm. 24 degrees and sunshine. Sorry to annoy yeah, everyone. Shut up, suck. Anyway, um, but yes, we, uh, we will see you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Um, and hopefully a much, much, much better result. So Yeah, and I think we're going to have Ronnie Lerner on the next episode, by the way. Okay, great. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, guys.